0: pole dancer. Welcome to the Evidence-Based Pole Podcast. My name is Rosie Boa. I'm a pole dancer, pole teacher, and personal trainer. And I've started this podcast so that we can learn together, talk with the experts, read the research, and feel better on and off the pole. So if that sounds like something you're interested in doing, let's go. Hello, and welcome to a little bit of a quickie bonus episode on body proportions. What are they how do you know what yours are and some ways where they might be affecting you in your pole dance journey now this is something that As a teacher, I think about a lot, I notice a lot, and I've been talking about it with some students recently, and I was like, you know what, it'd be really nice if I could just have a single resource that I could point people towards to help them think about body proportions, their body proportions, and how it's affecting their movement on the pole. And before we get too into it, I do want to say, genetics are not destiny. Your body proportions are probably set. You're not going to magically get a proportionally shorter torso, most likely, at any point during your life than you have now, assuming you're in your, like, 20s plus, but But that doesn't mean that because you have your specific body proportions, you are destined to have certain types of movements that you're never going to achieve. It's just going to, your journey is going to be different depending on your specific body. And that is okay. And that's going to be true for everybody. And even though some things may be more challenging with some body proportions, those same body proportions can make other things easier. So all bodies are good bodies and that includes your body. And I am sharing this information to help you think about things and approach things in a way that's going to be, help you be more successful and not as a way for you to be like, well, I'll never be able to do splits because my legs are short, right? That's not the point of this episode. So when I say, you know, longer legs, shorter legs, I'm talking about proportional to somebody who has the same height as you. I'm not really gonna be talking about the effects of height, but know that that is also something that's gonna make some things more challenging, some things more difficult, right? So, you know, in general shorter people have an easier time building strength also in general shorter people tend to weigh a little bit less which may be advantages in the world of pole but you know there are some very beautiful very tall polers as well so i don't want you to feel like oh i'm tall i'm never going to be able to pole successfully again absolutely not the case just know that it's going to mean that the way that you show up in your body is going to be different than the way that other people show up in their bodies and i'm not going to be talking about height too much but know that that is. When I'm talking about proportional differences, I mean proportional differences if your height is the same. Everything that I'm gonna talk about today, right? Yes, body proportions will play a role in how challenging they are, but proper technique, consistent conditioning, and the positioning of your body on the pole can more than make up for any proportional limb differences. All right, so the first thing I wanted to talk about was center of gravity or center of mass. Technically, the difference is that your mass is immutable with regard to gravity, right? So gravity will be slightly different in different places in the world. Your mass, as long as your body doesn't change, is gonna be the same. It doesn't matter that much. And usually when people talk about center of mass or center of gravity, when they're talking about body types, they mean if you are at rest in the anatomical position, so your feet are together, your hands are down by your side, you're standing straight. It doesn't actually have to be anywhere on your body at all. If you sort of imagine a sphere around your body that would totally encompass your body, the center of mass in all dimensions is going to be the point in the sphere where there is equal weight around it in in multiple dimensions. So it doesn't have to be on your body at all but what I'm talking about when I'm talking about center of gravity and center of mass here is specifically you know you are just standing there where in the frontal plane what is the point on usually probably right around your belly button where 50% of your weight is going to be above that point and 50% of your weight is going to be below that point you can actually measure this precisely so you can get like like a, a wedge or like a roller and a board and then put the end of the board on a scale that's on the same end of the wedge and the roller. I'll put the link in the description if you're interested in setting up this experiment and doing the math for yourself. But usually you can sort of tell by looking at your body and being like, okay, where do I tend to carry more of my weight? Do I tend to have, you know, a smaller chest and broader hips, or do I tend to have smaller hips and a broader chest? And you know, and comparing yourself to other people and be like, okay, so my center of gravity is probably a little bit higher or a little bit lower for most people it's going to be right around your your belly button give or take and the important thing here is that for pole movements the lower your center of gravity is and i would say generally for people who tend to carry weight on their hips particularly folks that have a lot of estrogen your center of gravity is going to be a little bit lower it's going to be a little bit closer towards your feet and if you don't it'll probably be a little bit higher it'll be a little bit closer towards your head and generally The lower your center of gravity, the harder movements are going to be where your hips are far away from the pole, right? So these are things like shoulder mounts, right? In a shoulder mount, your hips are much farther away from the pole than they are in a basic invert. So the heavier your hips are, the more the weight is away from the pole, the harder that's going to be. Things like an iron X, an Aisha, even a starfish, which is where you're holding onto the pole with just your feet and your body's out to the side, sort of starfish shaped. Right? In a starfish, the closer to your feet your center of gravity is, the easier it's going to be. For the other movements, it's going to be the reverse. So with that in mind, folks who A, you know, just don't have a lot of body weight, B, are shorter, so overall their body is close to the pole, C, have a higher center of gravity. All of those things together mean that things like an iron axe are just going to be easier for them. They're going to have more mechanical advantage. That said, if you do have a lower center of gravity, right, you've probably, you know, seen football or players, you know, when they're gonna tackle people, they sort of like crouch down and try to get lower and that's to bring their center of gravity closer to the ground to build more stability. So if your center of gravity is a little bit lower, you're probably gonna find it a little bit easier to balance. So heels work might be just easier for you than it would be with someone else with a higher center of gravity at your same height. And again, these are generalizations but just some things to note some things to think about. So, related to center of gravity but different is torso length. So here we're thinking proportionally, right? What proportion of your height is made up of your torso? And that's usually measured, you know, from either the clavicle to sort of the bottom of the pubic bone, or you can use like a dressmaker's measurement and go from the top of the shoulder to the inside of the groin. Either ways work, and then comparing that with your full height. Different things here, right? So generally, if you have a longer torso, you're probably going to have an easier time building spinal flexibility, so things like back bends, back arches might be a little bit easier for you. Inverting may be harder because your torso is longer. So especially for things like a shoulder mount, your hips are just gonna be further away from the pull. Whereas if you have a shorter torso, again, imagining a shoulder mount, your hips are physically closer to the pole. Also, people with longer torso sometimes have a little bit of an easier time building strength in pulling motions because they have a little bit more leverage. So if you have a really long torso, something like an arms only climb might be easier for you than somebody with a much shorter torso and also the person with the shorter torso is probably gonna prefer you know to do things like a shoulder mount where they get more mechanical advantage not necessarily but again you know given everything else being equal those are just probably some of the effects Another thing to think about is arm length, right? How long are your arms? Sometimes you'll hear that called wingspan or ape index. And generally that's measured by, you know, you T-pose, you have your arms out to the side and you measure from middle fingertip to middle fingertip across your back. And then you compare that to your height and on average they're the same but they may be you know plus or minus two inches difference is again sort of an average range i think mine is actually minus four i have very short arms which is part of the reason why i'm so interested in this right is that i have you know a big proportional difference and it affects things on the pole for me and i notice so if you do have short arms you're gonna have more mechanical advantage for things like inverting, things like you know, sort of pulling motions, right? Things where you have to extend your arm. So imagining, again, an arms only climb, if I have nice short arms and I reach up overhead as far as I can and I pull my arms all the way down to my chest, that is not a very long way to go. If I have very long arms and I reach up all the way overhead and I pull my arms all the way down to my chest, that's just more height. So it's going to be more, more challenging, right? It's gonna be more work. Also, people with shorter limbs generally have an easier time building strength in those limbs. So if you have shorter arms, you might have an easier time building bicep and tricep strength. Again, just in general. But there are definitely advantages to having long arms. So particularly in pole, when you are doing movements where you have one body part fixed on the pole and you are reaching for the pole with another body part, If the part you're reaching with is longer, you're gonna have an easier time, right? So if you have long arms, things like Superman, probably gonna be much easier for you. Ballerina, tabletop, where you grab behind the back, reverse grab, again, anything where, you know, other folks may sort of like be reaching for the pole and be like, "Eh, my fingertips can't quite reach. If you have longer arms, oh, I got an extra three inches. I reached the pole, fine. So those are some, some differences between longer and shorter arms. And also of course, there's a difference in leg length, right? So if you have shorter legs, power moves that rely on the legs are probably gonna be a little bit easier. Things like Ryko mounts might be a little bit easier just cause it's easier to push down and get that strength. Climbing might be a little bit easier overall. A, you're just moving, again, less height with your hips cause your legs are shorter. But also you, again, generally if a limb is shorter it's gonna be a little bit easier to build strength on. But on the other hand, if you have long legs, each climb will give you more distance, so it's a little bit more efficient time-wise, if not mechanically. And also, it's much easier to grab your legs, right? So if you have, you know, a short torso, long arms, long legs, that beautiful ballerina shape where you're grabbing both legs is probably gonna come easier to you than it will for somebody with a long torso, short arms, and short legs. Same with things like Allegra. And also, you know, for, for all of these proportional differences, there are going to be people who just prefer the aesthetic of one build over the other, and that's perfectly fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with having you know aesthetic preferences, but I would say, you know, if your personal aesthetic preference for, oh, I think this type of dancer looks really beautiful, is not the type of body that you have, I would say spend some time finding dancers who have the type of body that you have, who you really enjoy watching them and spend some time just cultivating watching and appreciating their movement and being like, yeah, this is a way that's going to be easier for me to move. And also I really like what it looks like and work on building, building love for that body type, which I understand can be hard, but (laughs) that's my, that's my little assignment for you if you would like it. So we talked about, you know, some of the differences, some of the benefits, some of the disadvantages in terms of what movements are going to be easier. Now, I will say for all of these movements, you can absolutely compensate for perhaps some sort of structural disadvantage with, again, conditioning techniques. We're talking about, you know, ballerina, for example. Well, if you're really working on your thoracic rotation, if you're trying to grab that back leg and you're really working on, you know, your hip extension, that'll get you there, right? It'll absolutely get you there, even if you don't have like that little extra advantage of having longer arms and longer legs. Or if, you know, you have, Really long torso and really long arms, and something like an Iron X, you are just really far away from the pole. You can absolutely get there with strength training, and you can also get there with changing your center of gravity by moving your other limbs, right? So maybe an iron X just is in the cards for you right now with straight legs, sort of in that that X shape, but maybe if you find more of a straddle to bring your legs closer to the pole and you find a little bit of a way to shift the gravity, center of gravity closer to the pole, it'll be a little bit easier for you. So in general, the closer the center of gravity is to the pole itself, the easier the movement will be, the more mechanical advantage you'll have for things that are strength moves, the difference is because of that shift in center of gravity. And you can shift your gravity in other ways as well, particularly with technique and placement. So again, genetics is not destiny. Your body type is not destiny. It is gonna affect the way that pole dance feels and what's easy, easier and harder for you as opposed to somebody else that's your same height that has different body proportions. But no body type is better or worse all bodies are good bodies and these are just some things to think about and be like okay you know my friend with super long arms was able to get this really easily i'm really struggling it could be related to differences in body proportions and i'm going to need to work x y and z in order to get something that's a little bit easier for them but vice versa there's probably things that are easier for me than there are for them so Just a really quick primer into differences in body proportions. That's all I have for you this week. Oh, again, a little bonus episode, gonna keep it short and sweet, but we've got something really fun coming up next week that I think you're gonna love, and I hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you very soon. Thanks so much for joining me today, pole dancer. This podcast is a production of Slink Through Strength, the inclusive, evidence-based online pole studio. So if you're looking for a place to train, either off pole conditioning and flexibility or learning pole tricks and refining your pole movement, you can find us online at slinkthroughstrength.com.